Not many people think of it this way, but bricks and mortar, it's nice, but it depreciates land. It appreciates. Let's let's talk about it right now. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Billy, how are you? Well, good. The old, man in the, the old man in the young man's body, how are you? Very good, thank you. But I do feel like I've been lied to in my younger years now that I've been told bricks and mortar actually make you no money. Because Can you believe it? I was always told you've got to buy bricks and mortar. That's, that's a safe investment. It always goes up. However... It's actually the land value. If you buy that brand new house in like a little subdivision, be careful because if there's a lot of land left over in that subdivision, um, that bricks and mortar is just going to get older and older and older. Um, And the land is there's a plethora around you. Be worried. Yeah, that's right. And we just spoke about off air sort of it's, it's interesting, different, I guess you could say cultures or, or um, people think of it differently. You know, you're saying the Wogs just love the land. They've always built, they've always bought the, um, the biggest piece of land with maybe with the smallest house. Absolutely. And I guess if you really, really, if you really start to unpack it, which we're going to do today, um, I, it reminds me of, I had um, up in Duffy's Forest, I was selling a, massive house on a massive block of land and I was selling it 20, 21 years later and I was looking at these prices and I'm going, hang on a sec, this is a bit weird, this is not right. I was selling this house for, at the time, I think it was circa 4.6 at the time and what I also distinctly remember is 20 years ago when this house sold for a, approximately a million bucks. And I'm thinking, you know, it's it sort of, but it was a very aged home, this home. Then I looked at the, uh, this, in that area at the same time, there were five acre blocks um, up in the Duffy's Forest, Ingleside, and the same thing, they were a million bucks. Um, and I was looking at thinking, you know what, this this house was aged because it was 20, 20 years old. To do a reno on it, on it needed another million dollars. Like it was a it was a big um, house in a spunky location, but it was old. Something you mean by the time these guys get this house looking back to its glory, they're going to be it's going to cost them another million bucks. So they're at five and a half, whereas the land that was five acres probably worth yep. about seven to eight. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And so this sort of leads us into our next topic. We've got um, to talk about a few suburbs where yep. land value is clearly far more than the, uh, the worth of bricks and mortar. And they've done a comparison in units versus houses. And then also where 10, 10 New South Wales suburbs where there's a very, very small difference between the cost of a unit and a house. 
which I thought yep. never would be possible. But we've got 10 for you. And then we'll try to understand why that it came came full circle to this this um, this one we're talking about. So let's have a look. I'm going to do a share screen. Yep. And we're going to bring in. So when we first when when we first um, came across this article, we're trying to work out how the hell this actually happens. Um, if you press Control Plus, Billy, that'll zoom it all up for you. But when we're looking at this, we're looking at it going, hang on a sec, how does this happen? How does how does it get to a point where units are more expensive than houses in these in these suburbs here? Um, can you do a control plus on that, buddy? Yeah, I've hit a control plus. Is that I don't know if that's working. No, nah, it's not. So if you if you have a look at these suburbs here, um, all of them they all have something in common, and I want you guys to have a look at them. So what have we got on there, Billy? Oi, oi, oi. I'm just playing around with the um, layout, see if I can find a better one. That's probably our best one, Mark. Yeah, so if you go back onto that screen there where the um, what's hosting that that tile, click on it yep. and then press con- with your mouse and then press Control Plus after that. Better? Nah. Okay. It's not- it's not liking it. Do you want me to read them to you though? I can see that pretty yeah, good. Yeah, please. Yep. So top new, top ten New South Wales locations with smallest price difference between units and houses. Can I just firstly mention, Mark? I have actually never heard of most of these places. Yeah. So, <laughs> at number one, we've got Yamba, Toronto, Casino, Armadale, Glenfield Park, Wagga Wagga, Grafton, Cessnook, well, Young, well. and Tari there. Yeah. So look, when so these are the suburbs where you can where the apartment is the gaps is it is can you read that out, sorry? Yeah. The smallest price difference between units and houses. So it's a really small gap. Why? Why? That's a good question. I mean, who actually thought who actually thought that would be possible in the first place? Everyone sort of wants to live in a house. That's the dream, right? Yep. Um, I think, like I say, it does sort of come down to land value. Um, it's clear there compared to the second part of that table, these 10 locations um, are not quietly as sought after in terms of people living in the same space. I can't actually imagine why there would be a house cheaper than an apartment. I mean, maybe the houses are significantly outdated compared to some of the newer builds, but what are your thoughts? So um, just to, to take it from the top, Daniel's just said he doesn't have a magnifying glass, nor do I. Um, can, you, can we just read exactly what's in front of us here? Can you read? So the suburbs here, guys, that we're showing you, we might as well get rid of it. The suburbs that we're showing you here, guys, are the t- suburbs that have the closest gap between houses, uh, house prices and unit prices, the closest. And the suburbs are the um, – what suburbs are they, Billy, again? Um, we've got Yamba, Toronto, Casino, Armadale, Glenfield Park, Wagga Wagga, Grafton, Wagga Wagga. Young, and Three. Tari. Tari. All right, legend. Um, and then the suburbs that have the house price with 
the biggest <clears throat> with the um, biggest distance to the unit prices are Vaucluse, Bellevue Hill, Bronte, Clavelli, Mossman, Rose Bay, Turak, Hunters Hill, Linfield, and Kilara. Okay, so guys and girls, in summary, uh, if we get rid of that toll, Billy, in summary, um, when you are looking at house prices and unit prices, the one thing that you can identify here is that the actual house prices, um, the land, sorry, the land prices in these regional suburbs is so friggin' cheap and the bricks and mortar is so expensive that it's actually driven that, that gap to be closer. So it's closed, it's closed that gap. But then when you're looking at places where land prices are exorbitant, um, then that's put a downward pressure on the gap with units that are being built as well. So all in all, um, when you're making an investment in real estate, have a good close look at um, land value and don't be make sure you're not buying brand new and then there's lots of competition in the area and then it becomes old because your only asset your only asset is actually the bricks and mortar. That's scary. So buying in those areas that we're talking about where your only asset is the bricks and mortar and the bricks and mortar is deteriorating in price and age, yeah. that's where your price is going to deteriorate. But when you're buying land um, in a good area where the land's sought after, um, you're not getting bricks and mortar depreciating on that land. Yeah. W would you ever – have you ever bought land as an investment, Mark, or would you advise that if it's out of Sydney? So we've got city versus regional here. Um, <clears throat> I've bought land out of Sydney once, and the reason I bought land out of Sydney was um, it was a rental play. So I wasn't buying it for capital growth. Um, I was buying it purely because of the um, the ability to generate um, lots and lots of rental income because of multiple incomes that it has. So it was, a, yep. it was a different type of purchase. But most people's motivation for a purchase, most of the times, two thirds of the of the income that's coming in is going to be capital growth, and one third is going to be rental growth. Um, so most people are making a play for capital growth. So. I'd be worried about buying yeah, regional land. And and we've spoken about it before, but the risk of buying land, isn't it right? Your mortgage is almost starting instantly, as in you've got no real income. Which is scary um, because you're not going to have um, – it's, it's absolutely true. When you're buying land, you've got to remember you've got no one paying them, helping you pay the mortgage off. Um, when you're buying land with a house on it, you've got someone helping you pay your mortgage off. When you're buying a, a uh, unit, you've got someone helping helping pay your mortgage off, generally from day one. Good point. Yeah. But there you go. There's 10, 10 suburbs with the biggest difference and 10 suburbs without. I think we've just broken it down. And um, to anyone that hasn't heard of it phrased up in that way before, um, mortar and yeah buying your mortar and um, your bricks unfortunately that's not what's going to make you the money yeah you got to unpack it a little bit more it's not as simple as it looks that's a wrap that's right have a great day have a great week everyone cheers thanks billy cheers mate